Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I hope you're well, whether you're in Seattle, in other parts of Washington State, in the United States, or even outside the United States. I know that we have a lot of listeners um, throughout the country as well as around the world. So welcome to everybody, whatever time it is of the, in the day and wherever you are. I hope it is a nice day wherever you are. And thank Thank you so much for giving us this next half an hour to learn about immigration law updates in the United States. A reminder about this show. This show is all about immigration law, immigration updates, immigration news, and immigration uh, related to what people are doing in the community, people who are making a difference in the community uh, from a, a legal perspective, but also who are making a difference to immigrant lives. Over the course of the last 18 months, we have had a lot of very um, reputable, renowned people on our show talking about the difference that they are making on a regular basis. And we have had a lot of inspiring immigrants on the show talking about what they are doing and how kind, what kind of differences they are making in the community. So if you have a story to tell, uh, uh, any news updates to share, please call us. Um, you can email us at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com or contact at desi1250am.com. If you have any questions, I am taking calls today. The number here is 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. Do you have any questions about your immigration status? Are you worried about what the new administration is going to do to your life, to your immigration status? Do you have family or friends that might be affected by the new administration's policies, call us at 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. Now I want to remind you that we have a brand new Facebook page called Immigration with Tamina Radio Show. We are up to about 3,000 likes already, and we would love for you to be part of that. It seemed to me that after 18 months, there was so much content um, about the show that I needed one spot to put it all so that listeners and viewers who would join us on Facebook Live would have somewhere to find the information quickly. But also when we were broadcasting on Facebook Live, it seemed it was best to have one spot on Facebook uh, for those broadcasting videos. So Immigration with Tamina Radio Show definitely is a great, uh, fantastic thing to have. And I hope you will join us in being part of the community. If you have stories to share, information to share, please do share it. We want to hear about about it all. So if you have just joined us, this is Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. Do we have a caller? Well, wonderful. Well, let's take this call. Hello, this is Hi. Tamina. Hi, this is Prasad. 
Hi, Prasad. About uh, uh, EAD for I-140 rule that was recently approved. Very good question. What's the question itself? So, uh, if uh, uh, so, with the new rule, uh, do we need to uh, keep applying for if we change jobs? Uh, like, if the old employer has sponsored the I-140 and we change jobs, uh, and if we want to renew H-1, uh, do we have to keep, uh, you know, applying uh, I-140 in the new employer also? Um, so, very good questions. I'm going to take those as, as three questions. If you're changing employers, do you have to change your H-1B? Um, do you have to um, uh, do you have to get a new I-140 if you're at the new employer? And if you're at the new employer, do you have to get a new AD? EAD. Are those the right questions that I've repeated? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, there's a slight modification to the question. So. Uh, once you j- join the new employer mm-hmm. and you stay there for a couple of years, but you haven't processed the I-140 with the new employer mm-hmm. and your H-1 is due for renewal, mm-hmm. can you renew your H-1 based on the old I-140? Yes, you can. The previous employer? Yes, you can. So the I-140 approval allows you to get three years at a time on your H-1B extensions. So by virtue of having that approval, even if it's a past um, I-140, meaning a past employer, you absolutely can get a three-year extension on your H-1B. But then the next question is, what happens to the new employer? You do need to have a new I-140 with the employer. uh, And essentially, you have to go through the perm process all over again, unfortunately. But what is good is you take the um, I-140 priority date with you to the new employer and subsequent subsequent employers. Did that answer your question? So if our priority... Yeah, if our priority date is not close by, like if it's, you know, very far off, mm-hmm. then uh, and we don't intend to stay with the employer for like, you know, a decade or something, mm-hmm. then we don't really have to, if we already have an approved I-140 with the previous employer, then we don't really have to start the perm process with the, uh, the next employer, right? No, you do. So what happens with the perm is for a specific job for a specific employer. Unless you, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Let's say the backlog problem wasn't there. You would be filing an I-485 together with the I-140, right? And in right. that case, the I-140, uh, I-485 would get you the, the opportunity to get the green card. And if, uh, let's say now we have a backlog, the, if the I-485 was pending for six months or more, you could go to another employer without filing a new I-140, but because of the backlog we're in, you are not in the position to file the 485. So therefore, when you move right. to a new employer, you have to start afresh. So the, it's for a specific job for, you know, for that employer. And they're showing that they have a, a position for somebody like you and they have to go through the recruitment. The saving grace is the priority date itself. And you move that around. Okay. I see. So uh, it's uh, so I one forty is not exactly required to keep the status uh, of H one B, but. Yes. So the I-140, so the I-140 is necessary if you want to stay here beyond six years. So you get six right, years right. on uh, H-1B. Assuming you have one I-140, mm-hmm. assuming you have an I-140 from one employer mm-hmm. and you go to a second employer and you stay there for two or three years, right? And then you move to the third employer. Mm-hmm. So in the second employer, you don't necessarily need to file for green card. Uh, 
if your you know date is not anywhere close by that's true yes yes so the i140 is actually for a future job and really it's about essentially people you know essentially it's not the job right now uh, ideally you do want your employer to file the perm and the i140 but not everyone is inclined to do so so the i140 would allow you to stay here for 3 years at a time beyond that time period making sense okay okay, okay excellent All right, well, Prasant, thank you so much for calling. Really appreciate it. Have a wonderful 2017. And please sign up to our blog and please sign up to our Facebook page. Take care. Well, that was Prasant. He ha- he has some very um good questions and essentially these are complicated issues when it comes to employment-based immigration about how do you stay in the US beyond 6 years on your H1B. So thank you again Prasant for asking asking that brilliant question. So what has happened uh, to our country in the last 4 days? Um on Friday you may remember that we were talking about uh, a legal immigra- immigration clinic that was going to be held by the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. Um and you may remember last week we had the director of the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs her name is Kuvu and ku ha- was here talking about the event itself and what it was going to entail so the um clinic was going to have a section for know your rights uh, as well as having mini legal consultations as well as help with citizenship applications the event was a raging success there were over 750 volunteers and there were lines of people who who attended um uh, i would say close to 1000 people were there and uh you know the venue was just magnificent such a huge and beautiful place that it didn't really feel cramped with so many volunteers and so many people seeking assistance um so it was a very uh, well organized and smooth event i was very very lucky to be invited um very honored to be invited to stand with the mayor when he did his press conference declaring that Seattle will continue to be a welcoming city welcoming for immigrants and refugees so uh, a huge thank you to the city of Seattle mayor Ed Murray as well as Kuvu the director of the office of immigrant and refugee affairs as well as the entire team who put the event together were you one of those who actually uh, attended and got some help if you did call us and tell us about it i'm sure you had a great experience and if you were able to get your application in your citizenship application we would love to hear about it. So call us if you can. Our number is 844-301-1250. 844-301-1250. So on Friday, we had got a new president in the White House. Um and since then, we've had some news updates. Uh as of uh Friday itself, the new president put a freeze order on a lot of the executive actions and executive orders that were pending and you may recall that one of the pet passions that i have is the entrepreneurial parole which is essentially an alternative to the startup visa 
I did mention last week that uh, when I was on the call with the White House, um, there was a basically a stakeholder conference call about the new final rules for entrepreneurial parole. And I was very, very honored and privileged that my name was mentioned during that call by Tom Khalil, the director of the Office of uh, Science and Technology Policy. So that was a, a huge thank you to him for recognizing my efforts that, you know, really uh, my efforts spanned across the eight years of President Obama's um, uh, presidency. In fact, uh, uh, I started really arguing about these issues in 2008, 2009. So I am very, very honored that my name was mentioned as the last call happened on this particular issue. So the good news was that we have um, we had a final rule and we still have it. And the effective date is supposed to be July 17th. The bad news is that the new administration has put a freeze order on it, which means that while it's not cancelled, it's essentially delayed for the time being. We don't know if it will go into effect on July 17th or where, whether it will be scrapped altogether. Now, if it's going to be scrapped altogether, uh, a new rule has to be put in place first and it has to go through um, the, the timing periods that a new rule has to go through. So whether this will still be in effect um, or whether it will go away, we don't know yet. So stay tuned if this is a, an important issue to you. Sign up to our blog. Uh, sign up to the Facebook page, Immigration with Tamina Radio Show, where you can get some, some of this news, essentially. And if you do see anything that catches your eye, you're very welcome to email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com or at contact at dc1250am.com. So the other rule that came out just before uh, the new president took office was the EB-5 proposed rules. Now, the EB-5 proposed rules came out to make some drastic changes to the EB-5 program. And if that is something that you are interested in or know about, you may recall that the EB-5 program is about those who are investing at least $500,000 in the U.S. to create jobs. There has been... Um, efforts to change the rules um, over the course of the last two, three years. But none of those rule changes had gone through because they were going through Congress. And as you may recall, we had a Congress that wasn't really uh, taking too much action on immigration issues. So the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, took matters into its own hands and essentially created these new proposed rules. Uh, just like the entrepreneurial parole, these rules are halted for the time being. Whether they will be scrapped is yet to be seen. Both the entrepreneurial parole as well as the EB-5 uh, program are things, uh, programs that the, uh, it, it, it's a bi the, these are bipartisan issues, meaning that both parties support them in theory. Um, for the entrepreneurial parole, my, my hope is that the new administration will recognize the benefit of this new rule to the United States, where immigrant entrepreneurs are coming here, raising funds from U.S. investors and creating jobs here. The rules were created very conservatively. So if a conservative person would look at the rules, they will find that there are lots of restrictive measures in place. So I do, I, I hope and I believe that these rules will stay in place unless they are scrapped just for the sake of it. 
but we'll see. So sign up to our blog, sign up to the Facebook page and learn more. If you keep up with the news yesterday, you may have seen that um, in addition to uh, the U.S. stepping away from the TPP, uh, NAFTA negotiations are actually imminent. Now, in our state, which is bordering uh, um, bordering next to Canada, uh, Vancouver specifically, the NAFTA treaty is actually really, really important to us from an immigration perspective. There are two visas that are under the NAFTA treaty. One is a TN visa, the other is the E2 visa. The E2 visa is essentially an investment visa that creates jobs and people are investing their own money into businesses. Typically, they're small businesses, but they can be the bigger. And the TN visas are for professionals. If you are an E2 visa holder or a TN visa holder, we would love to hear from you. Our phone number is 844-301-1250, 844-301-1250. If you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Watson on Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. So we're talking about the NAFTA treaty and why immigration is important when it comes to the NAFTA treaty. The TN visa, as I mentioned, uh, generally known as the Treaty NAFTA visa, is for professionals. If you have a degree in a certain subject matter, and there is a list of these subject matters, um, and you have an employer who has a job in that subject matter, you are able to get a visa uh, quite easily, in fact. You can go to the border, take your degree certificate, take the offer letter from your employer, and essentially get a visa to come in and work. Now, this visa is very important for the United States, particularly for our region, and even more importantly, because H-1B visas are Uh, we don't have enough of them. So this is often um, an option that fills the gap uh, of when there is a visa shortage. Um, So if the NAFTA treaty is renegotiated, it's very hard to tell whether these visas will remain part of the the, the agreement or not. Now, if you are an employer using either of these visa categories, it's very important you speak up Call our show, write to us at um, info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com and we will make sure that your story is out there and tell us why this is important to you. Um, In other news, we had a lot of fear about Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival, the DACA program, which was uh, instituted by President Obama in 2012 that allowed people who came here as children um, to have work permits and have deferred action, meaning they would not be deported. It's been a very, very popular program, which has allowed many students to come out of the shadows, um, young people to come out of the shadows, actually get a work permit, contribute to our society, and actually make a big difference. And there are many articles out there that are showing the difference that these people are making. These uh, people are an asset to our society, to our communities, to, to our country. And there was a lot of fear during the election uh, period because the rhetoric was nobody was going to be allowed to stay here. But yesterday, uh, it was mentioned that the DACA program will not be reversed, at least not yet. And the priority for this administration will immediately be criminal 
um, uh, aliens. Um, an alien, if, you, <laughs> if you're not familiar with the word alien, it is actually a, a formal legal term for people who are not U.S. citizens here. So you can be, uh, you know, it's the, the song, Sting Sang. Um, what was it? I'm a legal alien in New York. Um, you know, it reminds me of a, a, a a seminar I was presenting at not so long ago and the organizer said to me Tamina we're trying to get songs that describe people uh, what's your song and the only song that came to mind was this particular one with Sting um, you know I'm, I'm a legal alien in New York that got a bit of a laugh at the seminar. If you have just tuned in this is Tamina Watson at Desi 1250 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And, you know, we have so much to talk about uh, still, but we're running out of time. We have about five minutes left. If you do have a question, call us at 844-301-1250, 844-301-1250. Now, I'm going to go back to the question that Prasant had asked, and I want to uh, link that with the executive order uh, that has been uh, put out by the new president freezing uh, various regulations. Now, one of the things that I have to look at, and if you know the answer, please call us and tell us which of the regulations have been frozen. They haven't been listed, but Politico had listed the entrepreneurial parole and the EB-5 proposed rules. But since May last year, a lot of rules came out and you you know we've been talking about all of these rules on our show the stem opt rule came out the i140 ead rule came out something that prasant our earlier caller was referring to um uh, there was the provisional waiver rules that were the moderated version came out and of course the entrepreneurial parole and eb5 so it's going to be interesting to see what is going to happen uh, to these rules? The I-140 EAD rule is already in effect. It went into effect on January 17th. And it is a, it's an incredible work of art, if you like, because there are so many nuggets of um, goodness in that that will help our Desi community, a lot of my clients. And in fact, I'm dealing with a case at the moment where this new rule is probably going to save um, the H-1B case. So uh, I would be very sad to see if anything happens to these rules. But this is very important. Our voice is going to be important. Make sure that if there is anything that this administration will do that will affect you, you call your congressman, your congresswoman, senators. And, you know, we're very lucky to have Pramila Jayapal in the congressional 7th district. She is our very own Desi um, uh, congresswoman who was on this particular show when I started the show um, in 2000 and, well, was it 15? Yeah, 15. So a huge thank you to Pramila for being on my show all those months ago and for representing us and making sure that our voice is heard in the House of Congress in capital, in the capital of uh, the United States. So make sure that you contact her or anybody else that um, you think should help. So the entrepreneurial rule, the final rule is actually on my website. Um, and you should probably go and look at that if you are interested in what the changes were. Now, it was interesting interesting to see that there were some significant changes. The $345,000 investment amount, if you are familiar with these rules, you will remember that there was an investment amount that would, was the uh, foundation of, of the parole. And that amount had gone down from 345 to 250. Um, 
the uh, type of uh, business uh, could be up to five years old instead of three. Um, the percentage of ownership had gone down from 15 to 10 percent at the beginning of the application and has gone down to five percent throughout. Um, there are many other great uh, changes that have been made, uh, but the one change that didn't happen was the minimum income that one must uh, earn, and which you may remember is 400% above the poverty guideline. I want to draw your attention to the various articles that have been published um, that I have written or I have been quoted. So um, Politico had an article not so long ago in which I had talked about the H-1B program. GeekWire has published an article that I wrote about the National Interest Waiver Program, uh, new standards that came out. The Washington Technology Industry Association interviewed me about the new program as well, and my publication was also in the Seattle Globalist. Um, my first blog post for the Niskanen Center is up and running. And then I had been mentioned in the CNN, in CNN Money, Bloomberg, the Puget Sound Business Journal on a couple of occasions. So please go find those if all of these issues are going to be important to you. And please, please contact us. Your stories are really vital and you will make a difference in the next months and years to come to make sure that immigration reform happens. So thank you so much for joining us. This is Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. I will look forward to speaking with you and perhaps even seeing you next week on Tuesday at 10 AM. Be sure to sign up onto the Facebook page, Immigration with Tamina Radio Show and the blog at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Find us on Facebook and keep up with everything Daisy. Facebook.com slash Daisy 1250 AM. Looking to buy life insurance?